Welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And as always, feel free to share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes. Trey Blossman and I'll have our takes on the LSU Tigers and how they fared very well, by the way, in the NFL Draft 2020. We'll talk about a bunch of the players the impact on LSU, and how we expect these players to do in the NFL. We'll do all of that. We'll have a few other takes on the NFL draft, including a quick mention of the New Orleans Saints. That's all coming up on Sports Takes with Trey Blossman. Don't forget about our other podcast. We have a Saints draft recap with Mike Fazan. That podcast comes out Tuesday right here on Talking Sports with TK. And then as we do on a Wednesday, Chin Music, our Major League Baseball podcast with Rick Robinson. We'll talk about baseball movies this week. Can't leave out baseball. Hey, don't forget to get to connect with me on social media. I'm happy to do that. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Talking Sports with TK has its own Facebook and Instagram account as well. We're going to hear a quick message from Anchor, and we'll come back. We'll be joined by Trey Blossman. We'll talk about Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers and the NFL Draft 2020. Stay tuned. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We continue with Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan, about to be joined by Trey Blossman. It's Sports Takes. That's right, Trey and I with our takes on topics from the world of sports. Today's episode, as I mentioned, kind of recapping the LSU Tigers, the NFL draft. You know, obviously, the Tigers did great. We're going to pick a handful of players and talk about them and some general comments and how this helps LSU football in the big picture in the short term and the long term. We're going to get into all of that today. So LSU Tiger fans, you want to share this podcast with all your friends. going to be some really good stuff. With all that stated, I say good afternoon and hello to Trey Blossman. Trey, how are you? Doing great, Tommy. Beautiful day after a very nice weekend. Yeah, I had a really good weekend. Spent a little time with the grandsons on Sunday. Also uh, watched a lot more of the draft than I would have under normal circumstances, I believe. And I enjoyed episode three and four of The Last Dance, the the Michael Jordan documentary last night. (laughs) I look forward to the rest of that. But we're here to talk about the NFL draft and in particular those LSU Tigers. They were clearly the best team in the nation last fall. And this draft kind of put another exclamation point on that with 14 LSU Tigers being drafted. That's a school and SEC record ties a national record. Six more Tigers signed free agent contracts. Uh, That's as of Monday evening. I don't know if you get another one to sign or so in in the coming days, Uh, but I believe most of the free agency is done. But what a weekend, what an advertisement, marketing, promoting, branding, LSU got mentioned as much through the three days of the draft and all of the analysts of the draft uh, on Sunday, they couldn't have bought that advertising. They don't have enough money to do that. It was a banner long weekend for LSU football. 
and the national championship game was replayed on Saturday night again. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> and it had you know high what? ratings. I watched it again. <laughs> oh, you, you're killing me. <laughs> and I have it recorded and can watch it anytime I want. But I tuned it in, and I'm like, I'll just watch this for a few minutes, and then I'll go find a movie. Yeah, well, that turned into me looking for a movie after the post-game celebration was off of the broadcast. <laughs> it, it was it's just fun to watch, Tommy. I'll tell you what. That's just a really good football team. And the thing that struck me was the conversation – between uh, Herb Street and whoever was doing the play-by-play about never having ever seen a team more confident going into the game. Insinuating LSU almost was overconfident, except for they were as good as they thought they were. They handled Clemson easily. You know, a lot of people will forget that we could have scored another touchdown late in the game and worked hard not to. A couple of times Clyde was heading for the boundary and he stayed in bounds to get tackled to keep the clock moving. The game was not as close as the score. Uh, And considering LSU dug a 17-7 hole early, what they did from that point on was very, very impressive. It's an awfully good football team as evidenced by the 14 draft picks, by the five in the first round, by the 10 in the first two days. what else can you say? It's just, uh, you sent me something interesting last night. Every draft eligible player starter on LSU's offense was either drafted or signed an undrafted free agent deal. Every single one of them. Well, the first round, as you mentioned, five LSU Tigers. It was bookend LSU with Joe Burrow, the number one pick. Clyde Edwards, the latter, number 32 picks. So that, that Thursday evening portion of the draft started and ended with LSU, and that was merely a sign of the times to come for the NFL draft 2020. Uh, to most people expected Joe Burrow to go to Cincinnati. We've now learned that he knew for two weeks that Cincinnati was going to take him, uh, but was asked to be quiet because they wanted to keep the suspense out there from the NFL league. But the Cincinnati Bengals take Burrow. Uh, they're going to cast their hope on the Ohio native. And I think Joe Burrow is going to end up being a great NFL quarterback. I don't know that that'll happen instantly. Keep in mind, Peyton Manning went three and 13 his rookie year with the Colts. I'm not comparing Burrow to Manning, but I think Burrow's got that kind of upside and he will learn. Hopefully they just throw him out there. He'll make mistakes. Let him learn from that. You know, learn from the coaching staff and, and grow uh, through what's not probably going to be an easy rookie season. But uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to play quarterback for a long time. Cincinnati has the longest drought without a playoff win in NFL. And maybe he can be the guy that helps them get past that. I was happy for Joe Burrow, his family. He's a confident guy. We know that part of that confidence you were talking about from the uh, TV announcers uh, was spearheaded by Joe Burrow. But I I think uh, he's going to work hard. I think he's got an incredibly high football IQ. I expect big things in time from Joe Burrow in the NFL. I couldn't agree more, Tommy. He's as good a quarterback coming out of college as anybody I can remember. And I remember both of the Mannings, and I remember Troy Aikman, and I remember a lot of other really good quarterbacks 
Jim Kelly, uh, all the guys at Miami, Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kosar. Uh, you know, I remember Leak and Tebow, and it's been a lot of great quarterbacks. He is, if not the best I've ever seen coming out of college, he's in the top two or three. No question about that. Uh, so we wish Joe Burrow well. and He has represented LSU well and will continue to do so in many ways on and off the field. We, we see all his his efforts for the food bank in his hometown that he has continued to do, uh, this, that, and the other. So he, he's the whole package on the field and off the field. And, and I think the Bengals are going to be very glad they took Joe Burrow. Absolutely, Tommy. And, you know, you had mentioned that he knew for two weeks, but they wanted to keep it up for suspense. Well, they kept it up for the full 10 minutes in the first round, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I, I know I texted you. I thought maybe a trade was in. The yeah, that's what you and I were thinking. They might be working on a deal or, or somebody's it, it, calling it, them saying, you know, we, we want it. Well, you know, obviously this was a new kind of draft. I think that they did that purposely because they had some features on Burrow they wanted to run before they announced his pick. I think that was a made-for-TV 10-minute delay is what that was. Well, the whole draft was like that, and that's a story for another day. So, uh, yeah, that, that was good. And Joe Burrow followed all the rules. Uh, didn't yeah. have more than six people in the picture. It was he, his mother, his father, and, and that was that. I, I'm sure there were other people at the home, but they followed the rules that were requested by the NFL, which many players did many not. Many players but, did not. And, and but, we'll talk about that and the mechanics of the broadcast of the draft later in the week, maybe. Well, moving on, uh, took a little while, but all the way down to pick number 20, Caleb on chase on an edge rusher goes to Jacksonville. When healthy, this guy's as good as it gets. When he was healthy and on the football field, he made a tremendous impact for LSU. And Jacksonville obviously recognized that. Tommy, he's a great player. He's going to be a great NFL player. Unfortunately, he had an injury-plagued career. Uh, I think his selection at 20 started a trend. As great as this draft was for LSU, I think LSU players were generally underrated. And I'll tell you that I had Chase on going 12 to 16. He went 20. I had Jefferson going 14 to 18. He went 22. I had Queen going 20 to 24. He went 28. So all of these guys were slotted four picks behind where I thought they would go. And as you know, I looked at many, many mock drafts. I didn't come up with these spots on my own. I I took my knowledge. I looked at what some of the experts thought. And uh, I, I missed every one of these LSU guys came in a little bit later than I thought. Uh, Fulton came in much later than I thought. I thought he would be late first round. He barely got into the second. Uh, but anyway, still a, a great, great draft for the Tigers. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number 32, Tommy. I don't know if you saw this. On CBS Sports, I read this today. They asked some of their NFL experts, who are your 12 top rookies for 2020? You get this. Jamie Eisenberg, number one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Heath Cummings, number one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Ben Gretsch, number one, Jonathan Taylor, number two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Ben Schrager, number one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, 
Tommy, all but one of them had him as the top rookie. The other guy had him second. He was the last pick in the first round. Obviously, many people think Kansas City is a great landing spot for that young man. Well, they also called uh, quarterback Pat Mahomes and said, hey, we, we're going to get a running back who you want. He said, Clyde. That's all he said. Uh, <laughs> they got input from him. And, you know, they always talk about is it a good fit. That's kind of a term in sports. There couldn't be a better fit than Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, Reid is similar to Darren Sproles, Maurice Jones-Drew, some of these guys who you know are situational backs. And I think he's going to fit in. He's going to the world champions, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can block. He can run. He can get you short yards if he needs to. Not going to outrun the defensive backs in the NFL, but that's not why they drafted him. He, he can also get, you know, make some yards after contact, as we all know. So uh, I was happy for him. A little bit of a surprise, I think, to all that he went in the first round. But but what a fit uh, to go to the Chiefs and play, you know, for the world champions. I thought that was excellent and, and a very big statement because here's the other point I made to some people. All season long, people looked at the fact that you had Joe Burrow throwing 60 touchdowns, you had the receivers and, you know, all of the, all this offense and, and whatnot. Bob Edwards-Alaire rushed for over 1,400 yards. Seven times he rushed for 100 yards, and LSU was 7-0 and in those seven games that he rushed for 100-plus. So he kind of flew under the radar, but as Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was asked down in New Orleans, week of the national championship game, who's the best athlete on this football team? He said Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He did not hesitate. And there are some great athletes on the LSU football team, <laughs> a sure. lot of them. So sure there you go. Maybe when you think of all that, maybe that's why – he ended up in the first round. Uh, other well, first rounders, jump. go ahead. Well, you know, you mentioned yards after contact, and he's really good at that. He's also really good at something else, Tommy. He's pretty dang good at avoiding contact. <laughs> also in the first round, in a the best wide receiver draft in NFL history, Justin Jefferson goes to the Minnesota Vikings, and then Patrick Queen, a place known for defense, the Baltimore Ravens. Queen, who is also, especially the second half of the LSU football season, an unsung hero because attention was elsewhere. But Patrick Queen, the defensive MVP in the national championship game, LSU's defense, he, he was one of the stalwarts on that, and he was the other of the five LSU first-rounders. Yeah, big, big time. And he becomes the only LSU Tiger on the Baltimore team. First time Ravens have first time the Baltimore Ravens ever drafted an LSU Tiger. Wow. Yeah. So uh, and there's one other team since 1999 that hadn't drafted an LSU Tiger, and they win two or three games every year. That's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, so anyway, a great first round. It started and ended with the LSU Tigers. Uh, we're not going to go through every name the rest of the way, but a total of 14 Tigers get drafted. I was happy for Lloyd Cushenberry, who goes to Denver with the 83rd pick in the draft. Uh, here's a fine young man. He played for a good friend of mine, Benny Saya, at Dutchtown High School before going on to LSU. He comes from a solid family. I know people that know his parents. I was happy for Lloyd Cushenberry. He didn't get enough attention either, the job he did on that offensive line, making all the line calls and snapping the ball. I don't remember a bad snap. I guess maybe it happened once. But uh, anyway, I was happy for Cushenberry uh, to be, you know, to go when he did as well. 
Yeah, no doubt. He's a, a, a fine young man. We're lucky he came to LSU. Uh, you have a good story about that. We'll get to on another podcast later. I guess uh, in, before we close out, Tommy, we need to talk about the Saints. They made some surprising moves when they announced Ruiz in the first round. I was disappointed. I thought that Queen was the pick there. I think the Saints could have traded down 10, 15 spots and still gotten Ruiz. Ruiz. I do understand it's harder to trade down than it is to trade up, Tommy. So maybe they tried to trade down and still get him. But when all was said and done at the end of Friday night, after the second night, I was very pleased with the Saints' drafts draft picks. I think the Friday night picks were both exceptional players and real bargains. I think both of those guys should have gone way ahead of where they went. Well, Saints went for quality, not quantity. That's kind of been the mantra that they've they've proclaimed after the fact. And uh, I was like you when they took Ruiz. I'm like, they took McCoy last year. But now that we learned that Ruiz can maybe play guard or they can move McCoy to guard and Warf is probably going to be the odd man out, if not before this season, certainly after this season, his contract expires. Uh, and again, kind of got to defer to Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis said they know what they're doing. They know what's best for their football team. And, and after the initial shock of a center being picked, once everybody got more info, the info Sean Payton already had, you, you realize it was a, a very, very good, solid pick uh, that could help this team for a long time. And, you know, the Saints lost to the Vikings in the playoffs last year. The Vikings defense gashed the Saints up the middle. Right. So, you know, that's strengthening a spot where uh, they did not have success uh, in the playoff game against the Vikings last year. So, you know, all in all, uh, I think a, a positive draft for the Saints. Time will tell on all of these players and all of these teams, but, you know, uh, we'll see going forward. And hopefully we got some football this fall to talk about. Well, let's certainly hope so, Tommy. Uh, The last thing I'd like to say is, and this is something that you pointed out to me, I would like to applaud Coach Payton for giving a virtual middle finger to Commissioner (laughs) Goodell by having the non-sponsor product Coca-Cola on his desk during the draft. They were ordered not to have non-sponsored products visible on television, and uh, he had several on display. And, of course, uh, the NFL deserves to get that from Sean Payton. Good for him. Yeah, he, I, I think it was calculated. That's purely my guess. I have no inside knowledge there. He actually had three violations. It, it's too good not to be calculated. <laughs> he had uh, the Coke, which contradicts Pepsi. He had a, an orange crush which is made by Dr. Pepper, which contradicts Pepsi. And then he had a, a, a particular candy that was made, you know, made not by, not by Mars. That is, right. Right. That is not partnered with the NFL. Commissioner Goodell had M&Ms, which is Mar- M&M Mars. Right. Know. And he cleaned it up for day two. After I'm sure he got the memo from somebody in the league office. And, um, you know, but uh, no, I, I agree with you. The middle finger to the NFL was very good. And I got a closing comment too. Roger Goodell is the CEO of a mega billion dollar corporation. He's on TV all the time, yet he looks like the most uncomfortable person in front of a camera I've ever seen. That's a little hard to fathom. He does, and particularly Friday night during the first round. 
I think he was drunk. You know, I'm, you mentioned I'm that to hope me. He, I'm a hope he wasn't, and I'm thinking he's smart enough not to be. But man, he he he, he was quite rattled. And I mean, they had a rehearsal. He knew what was going. I mean, you know, I don't know. He he just awful in front of a camera. He needs to hire somebody. I'll I'll apply to just do his talking for him. You know, and look a little ca- more a little smooth on the camera. Have a little suave. You know, have a, have a little. <laughs> A little debonair, you know, have a little what, a little presence, you know. He he doesn't have much personality, that's for sure. Yeah, but he's got a big checkbook. Yeah, well, you know. Well, anyway, it was great for LSU. Please check out my column at CrescentCitySports.com uh, about the long-term benefits that LSU will get from this draft. I encourage all people to do that. And please share this podcast, Sports Takes. With Trey and TK. Trey, we'll do another one of these uh, a little bit later this week and a little bit more on the draft and other things happening in the world of sports. And I certainly look forward to that. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.